Welcome to the Shine Freely Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Reeves, and this is all about human potential. I host conversations with people who are authentic, bold, and kind. Through their life experience, ideas, and research, I'm learning how to shine freely. And in case anything I learn is useful for you, I want to share my experience along the way. It is my total pleasure to introduce you to this fantastic example of a human being. Meet First Sergeant Will Williams, a retired Army Airborne Ranger, who now serves as the founder and chairman of a community-focused foundation called Share the Will. Here's the story that Will shares on his website. Share the Will was born from my experience as a foster child in the 1960s. As a young boy, I bounced around the foster care system living with various centers or families. I lived each day never feeling like I fit in or belonged anywhere. I was a child without love, without a place to call home. It was, at times, an unbearable situation, full of pain and despair. I was scared and angry and without hope. It wasn't until I was adopted by my mother, father, and sister that I understood what having a family meant. I learned what home truly feels like, the calm in a storm, the place we go to find peace, the quintessential definition of love. They saved my life through a simple act of love. I carry that love with me every day of my life. As an adult, I felt a deep passion to find a way to give back to the world what my family had given me. I joined the U.S. Army. I committed myself joyfully to being a part of another strong family to protect and defend our fundamental rights as human beings. I dedicated my life to serving others who had no voice for themselves. Since my retirement from the U.S. Army, I built a home in Round Rock, Texas. I built the foundation of my home on the keystone of service. Service to others so that they might know peace and live a life of joy as I have. To that end, I joined many community-based volunteer groups. I am fully invested in building bridges and partnerships with fellow community members for the sake of helping even one child who feels the anger I felt, who may not know that they matter, who may not know love, what it means to be safe. I want to lead by example to these young individuals that there is a better way than anger, to show them they haven't been forgotten. With the help of the community, I know we have already changed the lives of so many. I am forever hopeful we will continue to do so. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Williams. Hello, Will. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be sitting here with you. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. I have to say, I uh, first heard about you from my mom, and she had some really impressive things to say about what a wonderful human you are. And anytime she talks, I listen. So I was eager to meet you and get to know you better. Well, you know, I paid her to say all those nice things. (laughs) 
well, can you start by um, telling us a little bit about the work you do in the community, which is how I think my mom got to know you and, and definitely something that I'm very inspired by. Well, the community is very, very important to me. When I got here a little over 20 years ago, uh, the community really embraced me. Uh, worked with the police department, worked with city council, worked with the mayor. Uh, we started out with, the uh, first thing, p- first project was setting up neighborhood watch signs. Uh, crime was up a little bit, and they thought that if, we, if the neighborhoods got more involved, we could help with crime. And we did. Crime dropped about 15%. Wow. After we set up neighborhood watch signs and established some neighborhood watches. So it really worked out. I mean, it, it was great. Then uh, we have uh, a 4th of July parade, which is a, our Veterans Day parade. Uh, the gentleman that did the parade for all those years passed away two weeks before the parade. So uh, the mayor and the city council approached me about doing the Veterans Day parade. Uh, we started out, we had, we had about two to 300 people uh, in attendance. Uh, this past parade, we had over 40,000 people in attendance. Wow. So we have really had fun here in the community. Uh, we also have a, a organization called Share the Will. I didn't name it that. Share the Will? Share the Will. <laughs> that, that, You're the Will that yeah, we're sharing? Will. <laughs> I love it. That was not my idea. That was actually some people in the community that came up with that idea. And what we do, we a group of veterans. Uh, we started out with about three uh, veterans and two uh, non-veterans. And right now, with the volunteers and everybody, we're about 600 strong. Wow. So we've really grown. We Last year, we helped feed over 3,000 people at Thanksgiving. Uh, and we had about 1,000 kids for Christmas that we sponsored. Incredible. Can you tell me a little bit about why you're so passionate about community? My, my family. Uh, I started out the first 13 years of my life with absolutely no family. I was a foster kid. Uh, Right before my 13th birthday, my mother saw me in a hospital, and a year later, they adopted me. Uh, My father was military. Uh, My mother was uh, sung in a quiet church and led a prayer meeting. So I had the best of both worlds. I had my mother, who was very strong in faith, and I had my father, who was just very strong all all around. (laughs) So with both worlds, I got to see the strength that a man could bring to the community and the heart that a woman could bring to the community. So I just tried to do what what I saw them doing. So I thought if I could combine both of them, that it would work. Beautiful. Um, You were just, before we started, telling a wonderfully touching story about an experience you had reflecting on how we treat each other as people. Would you mind sharing it again? No, I I wouldn't. I'd be happy to. Uh, I just recently retired. I have been retired for about a month for my second time. (laughs) I retired from the military, and I just recently retired from my second job. But being an old guy and can't sit still, (laughs) uh, I took a part-time job at Walmart. Well, here in the community, um, everybody know, knows me for wearing a baseball cap. I always have a baseball cap on, probably because I'm bald. <laughs> but at work, they prefer you not to wear a hat. So 
I didn't have a hat on. I had a Walmart shirt on, and it was uh, amazing the people that did not recognize me without my hat. A lady came up to me, uh, not to me, but other employees, and I was surprised the way she was treating them. I have known her for about 10 years, and she didn't even recognize me because I didn't have my hat on. I had a Walmart shirt on. And how was she treating people? Uh, it was very rude, very like... Uh, she was better than them, and it really surprised me. I never thought of her being that way. Uh, I take my shirt off. I put my hat on. I go downtown. This is maybe an hour, hour and a half later. And I see her. She runs up to me and hugs me, and it was just unbelievable. And I had to stop and think about when I go to Walmart, did I treat people that way? I mean, sometimes we treat people in a different way that we, we actually see ourselves. And a long time ago, I had to sit down and think about the way I was treating people. The first thing I had to realize was I had to like myself first. Mm. And after I found out how I could like myself, some of the things I was doing that I didn't like, and it made me not like myself. How did you learn how to like yourself? My mom and my dad hmm. and my mom's faith. You know, no matter what I did or where I was at, she would always tell me to pray about it. And I just, I just sit down one day and I, I just couldn't believe some of the things that I was doing. And I stopped. Now, am I an angel? Oh, by means, no. I stayed in the Army 24 years. I'm, I am definitely not an angel. <laughs> but I know what's right and wrong. And I try to do the best I can. Do I do everything right all the time? No. But I try to do the best I can. I try to treat people the way that I want to be treated. So if I want to be treated with respect, how can I go around and disrespect people? That was the first thing I had, I had to learn. You know, staying in the Army all those years, when you go on post, when you, you receive a certain rank, soldiers respect your rank. But the thing I had to learn was to get them to respect me as a person before they respected my rank. Mm -hmm. And once I learned that lesson, my whole life changed. How so? Well, people saw you different. And you know, it's, most people can, can feel the difference. You can feel the body language. You know, once I, I changed, instead of going on post and you see soldiers stand up and and you know, and speak to me. Pretty soon, I saw soldiers walking towards me so they could speak to me. Hmm. Big difference. Big difference. So, how did you get into the army? Were you an army ranger? I see your yes. Uh, my father was was in the eighty second. Therefore, uh, the first time I saw my father, he walked up to me and he was spit shine and starched, and I was thinking, "Oh my god!" I just saw my first superhero. Oh. <laughs> And I knew that day I wanted to be just like him. So I go in the military, and then I get a chance to become a ranger. Uh, I take advantage of the situation. So when you commit to being a ranger, it's a way of life. Okay, so you join the military, you take an oath. Okay, so that oath is good as long as you get your uniform on. A ranger takes an oath for life. So it would be a, a perfect example. Okay, so we have... Uh, a creed, a ranger's creed. 
Okay, so part of our creed is our appearance. So it would be like if I can't go to H-E-B with a wrinkled shirt. That's part of our creed. I, I have to shave every morning. I shouldn't say I have to. So it's just a, you know, it's funny. We had the oldest ranger that was in Texas. He was 99. He lived not too far from here. And he passed away a couple of months ago. But the last thing he said to me was he was so proud of me for leaving, living up to the creed. So it's just a, it's a way of life. It's the life that you pick. And you can't let anybody change the way you, you feel about that because you took an oath. And if you truly don't feel that way, you should never take that oath. Mm-hmm. It would be part of the oath is helping people. And if you feel that you don't want to help people, don't take the oath. Uh, protecting people, okay? Say if, say we sitting here in the church, and there was an active shooter in the parking lot. My job is to stand in front of the active shooter until you and your baby got away, no matter what. So, the best thing I could do is pray on the way out there, and whatever happens, happens. But my job is to make sure that you and the baby get away. Hmm. Back in the early 70s, uh, the military was a little different. Uh, during Vietnam, soldiers was closed. Right after Vietnam, they started separating a little more. So I went in right after the time that soldiers started separating themselves. And for the first couple of years, it was really tough. But then things started changing. Soldiers started changing, and they started receiving that unity. You know, everybody became family and brothers, sisters, and life just changed. That's super interesting. What do you think led to that change? The world, situation. You know, we all come together when there's a crisis. Oh, mm. When there's a crisis, uh, we're all family. Yeah. As soon as the crisis is over with, we go back to our, to our own places, our own spots. You know, two years ago he was my brother, but now he's just somebody that I know. Can't be that way. The world world can't function that way. We have to love each other. I'm not saying that we got to 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 feed everybody if somebody won't work them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we just got to love each other. If a person is trying to help themselves, why we can't give give them a hand up, not a hand out. Everybody can use a hand up. Everybody's been in a tough situation. I remember being in the military, first starting out as a private. Married with a baby. I think my check was $400. Don't, might be, don't quote me on that. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. I think my check was $400. Paid my rent, paid my car payment, paid my insurance, bought some groceries. I think I had $22.50 left for the month. My wife tells me that we need Pampers. I broke down and started crying. That was all the money I had for the rest of the month. We all has experienced that. Everybody, whether you want to admit it or not, no matter how rich you are, there's been times when you were just down on your luck and somebody helped you, where it was a parent, where it was a friend, somebody helped you. We all need that help sometime. So we just look in our heart when we see a person that's down, instead of kicking them, just help them a little bit. Hmm. 
Sounds so simple. I don't know why we make it so hard. I, I don't either. <laughs> I, I don't either. You know, it's it's amazing. You know, I know a lot of people maybe not going McDonald's. I do. One of my favorite places. Get coffee for seventy five cent. Can't <laughs> beat that. <laughs> but you know, if I'm getting a cup of coffee, and there's an older person in there, and they they're looking through the the purse or. You know, they're looking through their wallet and trying to find 75 cents. Why not pay for their coffee? <laughs> it's 75 cents. Why not? You have just changed their whole day for 75 cents. That's all it takes. Beautiful. Will, you have such a big heart, and it's so clear that love is the first priority for you oh, in all okay. moments. Um, I want to ask you, a question uh, that I think is a difficult question. I, I've never asked anyone it before, but given that you are um, really so dedicated to love and to loving everyone, regardless of their background or anything like that, how was it for you or is it now having been in a war where you had to fight against other people? Or how do you like reconcile that that was really hard for me. Actually, I have PTSD, and it's, uh, I struggle with that every day, every day of my life. You know, I, hard to, to sleep sometimes. Uh, VA has helped me. Uh, I go to therapy once a week. I go to uh, a place about 20 miles from here, and I ride horses once a week. Beautiful. Which is, oh, yes, my horse is a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> way smarter and the people that helps me is it's called the rock the most amazing people i have ever met before in my life i mean it's just it's unbelievable to love the horses love you unconditionally hmm. i mean no matter what kind of day you're having how bad you're feeling you walk up to a horse and you know you just stick that big head on your shoulder and hmm. you know whatever's wrong you just forget about it you know, uh, it's not just a horse. Uh, even at Walmart, go to Walmart and you see people, some people who can just barely make it. You walk through the door and they just welcome you in the door like they have known you their whole life. I mean, it's, the world is good. We see, most of us see all the bad stuff that's going on in the world. If you just turn your head just a little bit, you'll see all the good stuff that's going on. Hmm. And that's what matters. Do you have any um, advice or maybe words of encouragement for people that are currently struggling with PTSD? Yes. Uh, PTSD, and I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I'm a soldier. All you veterans out there know exactly what I'm talking about, whether you want to admit it or not. With PTSD, we start thinking about ourselves. What we did, oh, well, we had to do this, we had to do that. Uh, somebody did this to us. You know, maybe we've been injured. You know, maybe we lost a limb. You know, I was so fortunate that I didn't lose a limb, but I had a lot of friends that did. You veterans that's listening, I am definitely not a hero, but I know a lot of them. And the ones that lost limbs or lost their lives, they wouldn't want us fighting with each other. We want, they would want us to embrace each other. If we don't start doing that, 
what did we ever fight for? Thank you so much. You've already shared that you've gained so much inspiration from your parents. Could you share a little bit more about um, your upbringing and your, your kind of backstory and yeah. how you got to where you are today? Yes, it was, uh, it wasn't it won't easy. Uh, it actually helped, helped me become who I am. You know, is Ranger School tough? Yes. Is the military tough? Yes. But you know, the way I saw it is my first 13 years of life was tough, really tough. So once I got in the military, I'm thinking, what can you do to me that haven't been done to me already? Mm-hmm. You know, when when I went to Ranger School, I had a first sergeant that was very, did not like me at all. First few seconds he saw me. He didn't like me. He thought that uh, I didn't fit the, the profile of being a Ranger. And you know, I'm, I'm five foot six. I weigh 170 pounds. I do not look like a poster child for a Ranger Battalion. So he did not want me to become a Ranger, and he told me that. And he worked very hard to stop me. But I was just determined that nothing, him or nobody else in the world, was going to stop me. Thirteen of us graduated. Wow. I'm sure you guys out there can can know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, did did he make my life tough? <laughs> oh yeah. But you know, my my thought was one day I was going to become him and change the world. And once I became a first sergeant, I found him to let him know that I stayed in to take his job. <laughs> How did he respond to that? Well, he was retired. He was an alcoholic. Family left him. So uh, I didn't say anything to him except, well, could I help you? Hmm. You know, uh, when I went there, I was, oh, yeah, I found him. I found him not too far from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. But then I thought about what my mother would do, what she would say. And instead of kicking him while he was down, I asked him if I could help him. That day changed my life. His too, I imagine. No, I'm not, not sure. He was uh, he was not too happy to see me. He still, oh. yeah. <laughs> he could not believe that I was a first sergeant. I mean, I guess that's a important lesson too. Is you know, sometimes we extend our love to others, and they don't want to accept it. No. No, and if they don't accept it, that's their loss. Yeah, you you can't get upset or uh, discouraged because somebody don't accept the love that you're trying to give. That's not you. It's on them. So what you do, you just take that energy that they didn't want. The next person you see, you double up that energy. Hmm. And it'll come back to you. What a great method! I'm. Totally going to start using that. I it, love it. it. It works. You know, I tell you, at Walmarts, I've been at Walmarts for about three days. And there's kids that we sponsor for Christmas. And, you know, I'm walking down the aisles and little kids are running up to me, hugging me. You know, they leave and come back. Last week was my birthday. 
Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. I got so many handmade cards from little kids. Oh. It, it was just unbelievable. There was one little kid that uh, brought tears to my eyes, uh, missing a leg. I know life is tough for him, but he brought me a birthday card. I mean, life don't get any better than that. <laughs> I mean, I, a child's love best thing in the world. Mm. I mean, how can we want any more than that? You know, don't get me wrong now. Do I like money? Yes. We we all need money, but is is that the main purpose that we're on earth, just to get money? I don't think so. But I might be wrong, because I don't know it all. <laughs> if, if, You're very humble. No, I, I definitely don't know it all. Just lived a lot of life. You and your father has lived a lot of life. You're just he, telling me how old is he? He's 104 years old, and he is my hero. Walks a mile every morning. It takes him a little while to walk it, but he makes it. Goodness. And, you know, it, if you're 104 and you can still get around and you want to help people, and, well, you know, young people or middle-aged people, and we can't think of people we want to help, this is a problem. Not saying you got to go around and help everybody in the world. Not saying you got to spend every cent you got to help everybody. That is not what I'm saying. You got families. You got to live. You got you know you got children. You got to pay for soccer. You got to pay for this. But seventy five cent. Can't use seventy five cent for a cup of coffee. That's all it takes. Seventy five cent and a smile. <laughs> Can't forget the smile. Can't forget the smile. Which are free. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's all the kids that I was talking about, they gave me Christmas cards, they smiled. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a gentleman about 22, 23 years old, tall gentleman, 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, I stopped to get some gas, and he came up to me and asked me if I was Secret Santa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What? He says that 10 years ago, uh, in a part of town where they didn't have a lot of Christmas, he saw a gentleman leave some toys on his porch and was driving a Jeep that looked just like mine. Wow. And he says that that Christmas, that was the only thing they got for Christmas. <sighs> and I told him, you know, I'd never been called Secret Santa before, but just keep looking. <laughs> I remember that day. I truly remember that day. I got a call from his mother, and she was a single mother, and she was talking about what a hard time they were having. And her message was, if you could help, I appreciate it, but if you can't, I understand somebody else might need it more than me. So we made sure. I got a call last year from a lady. She says that she was working two jobs, but she had just ran out of money. And she had two little girls, and she was just wondering if they could get some groceries. And I actually made some phone calls, and your mother had me to come here to this church. Hmm. And she helped me with some groceries, and we purchased some more groceries. And when I got to their, their apartment, the little girl came to the door and offered me some of their dinner, which was a bag oh. of potato chips. 
Oh, wow. That's all they had. And she wanted to share it with she you. She wanted to share it with me. So we were just fortunate enough that we could give them about $200 worth of food that day. Wow. So those are the things that, that keeps me going. You know, it's not so much the giving, it's the, to see the people's faces, to see the little kids' faces. That's what keeps me going. I once heard a man say in a speech that um, he measures his success by the degree to which the people around him, their eyes sparkle. Yes. <laughs> you know, my birthday. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm retired. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, if, you know, if I'd done this, I'd have had more money. If I'd done this, I'd have had a larger house. You know, if I'd done this, I'd be driving a new Jeep instead of one that's 10 years old. But on my birthday, I got 272 birthdays. Thank yous. How can that happen? <laughs> I mean, just people just saying happy birthday. I mean, that made my birthday. 272. And it's so clear that, that all that love is coming back to you because you've put all that love out there in the oh, world. Oh, yes. It's, it's coming back to me. And I, I mean, it's, it's just uh, with PTSD, when I first got out of the military, I had a problem with touching. You know, just I just had a problem. I just didn't want people to touch me. Well, it's needless to say I don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> I get so many hugs. You know, in Walmart, it was hard for me to even do my job. So many people were stopping and hugging me. <laughs> and I thought that that was going to be a problem. And the manager came up to me and said that was the best thing he's ever seen. <laughs> so, I mean. They're really lucky to have you. I'm lucky to be here. This is um, the first week that I was here. This church sent me an invitation. I did not know anybody. They sent me an invitation to come to church. The people here were so nice. Your mother was so nice to me. I did not know one person. I'm not from Texas, y'all. I'm from North Carolina. Uh, they sent me here to Fort Hood. They thought that uh, Fort Bragg is a quick reactionary post. I'm sure most of you veterans know. Fort Hood is a more relaxed post. So they thought that Fort Hood, that I could incorporate myself back into society. So right before I retired, I came through here in Round Rock, and a lady and a gentleman offered me a meal. And it was it was crazy. Never seen before. She walks up to me and says, when's the last time you had a home-cooked meal? And I was thinking, this lady's crazy. <laughs> I says, well, it's been it's been a while, ma'am. And she says, well, you're going to stay and you're going to eat with me and my husband. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not. <laughs> so her husband walks over, and this was an older couple. And he says, soldier, you're going to have to fight me to leave. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if I fight an old man, I'm going to jail. <laughs> so I stayed, and we've been friends all these years. Oh. All these years, it, it was amazing. I decided to move to Round Rock. And, you know, that day started my whole Round Rock experience. I couldn't believe that somebody just walked up to a stranger 
and just offered a meal. <laughs> and I was thinking, I must look hungry because even today, everybody offers me a meal. I must look really hungry. You know, I just, <laughs> I get so many cakes. Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, last Christmas, uh, I came home and there was one of those folding tables by my door. And there was cakes and pies and cookies. It was just unbelievable. Wow. I'm unbelievable. Have you, can you share some experiences around, what, what's in my mind right now is that it can be, it can seem easier to share love with each other when we're not having to solve a difficult problem that people might have different points of view on. They might have different points of view on the best way to solve it. So when we're in those moments of like conflict, but we're all trying to do something, we're trying to solve a problem together and we're disagreeing about how to solve it, how can we work together better? I can tell you the first thing, okay, so for all you veterans out there that's, that's listening, I don't know where you believe me or not, but first thing you need to do is pray about it. And you know, you said, well, what is that gonna do? How do you think we all got home? Do you think that we were just lucky enough to get home? That's not the way it worked. You know, we had a storm here in Round Rock about four or five months ago. And I went out to help a neighbor and I look across the street and the storm is taking the top off of a home. And I'm standing across the street didn't even blow my hat off. You, wow. think, you think I was lucky? No. You know, one day, when my time is up, it'll blow my hat off. But it's, it won't that day. And the only thing we can do, no matter what kind of problems that we're going through, what kind of problems we're having, is just keep fighting. You learn how to fight in the military. This is just a different kind of war. Hmm. We don't have to fight with our hands. We don't have to shoot anybody. But it's a different kind of war, especially for us. We just got to figure out how to use what we have learned. When you were in the military, when you were basic training, they pushed you as far as you could go. They broke you down and they built you back up. No different now. When you're having a tough time, you're just being broke down. But you know how to build yourself back up. Is it going to be overnight? Is it going to be when we want it? No. No. A little patience is required. A lot of patience. And you guys, you remember that hurry up and wait. That's what it's all about. That's what it's, it's all about. Well, you think I'm still driving that Jeep this 10 years? I figure if I wait another 10 years, I'm going to get this special Jeep. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. You cracked the code. Yeah. <laughs> But you got you just got to be patient. Even know that negative things happen to you. Don't let it get you down. You know what's the saying? It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. I've been knocked down more than you could ever imagine. But there's one thing I can promise you: I will not stay down. Hmm. Is this going to be the last time I've been knocked down? No. Am I ever going to stay down? Not going to happen. 
Is there anything in particular that um, people like me, I don't have any experience in the military, certainly not in war. Uh, is there anything we can do to both support people who may have who are coming back with PTSD and struggling with those experiences and we just want to express our support and also respect. Anything we can do? Yes. Smile and says thank you for your service. It's just like the cup of coffee. You see a veteran. It's not hard to tell to pick out a veteran. Very, very easy. <laughs> How? Nine times out of ten, he's gonna have a short haircut. <laughs> And then if it's in the summertime, especially in the summertime, a lot of people think veterans just get tattoos just because they're pretty. <laughs> Most tattoos tell a story. So if you look on a veteran's arm, nine times out of 10, you can see what branch of service he was in. Uh, if he has a lot of them, nine times out of 10, he was in for a while. If he has dog tags or reef, he's lost some of his buddies. So, I mean, just, just take a second. Don't judge because you, see, because you see a veteran and he's maybe grown a beard, has a lot of tattoos, probably one of the nicest people you ever met before in your life. Maybe he's riding a motorcycle. Maybe he's driving a Jeep and you're thinking, God, they're just thrill seekers. You know, maybe he's making a jump. I made my last jump last week for my birthday. We're not thrill seekers. We just want to enjoy life a little bit. Wait, like you jumped out of an airplane? Yeah, yes. Woohoo! Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it's that is my passion. Okay, you guys. Okay, my dad was 82nd Airborne. I joined 82nd Airborne. My son was 82nd Airborne. Four cousins, 82nd Airborne. Wow. Three more cousins just joining the 82nd Airborne. So... Family tradition. Yes. And, hey, all you guys out there that think you're tough, I got three female cousins that's really tough. So there's a lot of ladies out there that is just as tough as we are. And if you think they're not, I wouldn't challenge them. <laughs> uh, three female rangers, a lot of the older guys think that they hadn't did their part or earned respect. Just think what they had to go through to get where they at. Just think about that for a few minutes. What they had to go through. You think you went through a lot? Think about what they had to go through. First, they had to prove to self that they were soldiers. Not like we did. Then they had to prove to self that they could qualify for ranger training. Then they had to pass the test. You think that test is easy? First day, over 300, only 13 graduated. So you tell me if that test is easy. Hmm. Respect. Yes. I have a personal question for you. I mean, personal about me, or I'm looking for advice because I very much would love to and will practice extending the type of love and kindness that you've described here today. And at the same time, I've also learned through painful experiences that I have to protect myself yes. too. And um, and maybe it's a little bit more of a intimidating or vulnerable situation for me because I'm a woman. Um, so I'm just curious if you have any advice for me on like how I can 
um, go about sharing love, particularly with strangers, and wanting to build these relationships, but doing so in a way that I make sure I stay protected. Yes, and you have to stay protected. I mean, the world that we live in, it's not a fairytale world. There's a lot of good people out there, but there's some bad people out there. And you have to be careful, especially as a female. Uh, you buy a guy a cup of coffee, he might think that you're coming on to him. You have to be careful. But there's a way of doing it. You know, if you want to buy him a cup of coffee, tell the lady at the counter, if he's a veteran, I want to pay for his coffee. If he's an older person, I want to pay for his coffee, but please don't tell him to have them go. Brilliant. Get in your car, drive away. If you see him, wave at him. And he'll know. But just don't face him. Don't come to face to face. And, you know, if you can tell that, you know, you go off body language, you go off instinct. If you can tell that's a really nice person, you know, he will appreciate it. But if it's somebody you're not sure about, but you want to help him, get in your car, drive away. Tell the lady I want to pay for his coffee. That's a really interesting strategy. Um, you know, I think about, for example, I mean, you know, my mom's church does a lot of work with homeless people, mm-hmm. and I did. I got to participate in that growing up, and I loved it. Um, but just someone who, you know, their clothes are torn, and maybe they're dirty and mm-hmm. smelly, they can yeah. just seem intimidating, like, I'm not sure if this person is safe. And so I feel like that sometimes um, can become a barrier to people expressing love toward them. Yes, and you know, some... Okay, I go into homeless camps. Okay, I'm allowed in the homeless camps. Homeless camps are like families. It's like a town. Everybody's not allowed there. I'm just fortunate enough that they took me in. Hmm. Now, I don't judge. I, I think we all know that job's already been taken. I don't judge. So when I get in the camp, you know, I get there and I introduce myself. And I, what's your story? Why are you here? Do you want to be here? If they say they don't, they don't want to be here, then I'll say, this is what we can do to help. Says now we're going to try to help, but we're not going to do it for you. If you want to help, these are the resources that we can offer. If you don't want to help, I won't bother you anymore. That's beautiful. I love that you're, um, y- you see the value in putting the responsibility in people's hands so that they can have agency over their own lives. Yes. And we did, I tell you what was the coolest thing for me. Two ladies uh, came up to me in Round Rock and they told me they were nurses. I was downtown eating. And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, you don't remember us. No, should I? So they said about 10 years ago, they were homeless. And we helped get them a scholarship. And they were both nurses now. Wow. Yeah. So some people want to help, not everybody. You know, I'll say out of the people that we offer to help, we have maybe 60, 70% rate of people that really take advantage of it. But if they don't, you can't get discouraged. Because somebody don't want your help, they don't mean the next person don't want your help. Mm-hmm. You can't get discouraged. And you have to be careful when you help it. Because at the same time, a lot of homeless, uh, a lot of homeless are veterans. Uh, PTSD is a monster. It can change you into a completely different world. 
everybody can't deal with it. Some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to drinking. Turn them into a completely different person. So you have to be careful, especially as a lady. You just can't walk up to a homeless person and say, I want to help you. Can't do that. I have, I'll just give you a little insight into how I approached this in the past. When I was in college, I was very idealistic uh, and very naive, and I hadn't experienced much in the world. And I lived um, in East Austin off Riverside mm-hmm. Drive, yeah. and I was... I just wanted to love everyone. I would yeah. always, I would give hugs to all the homeless people I saw in the corners. And uh, I was at a gas station, and this guy approached me, and he was big, mm-hmm. and he had a teardrop tattoo under yeah. his eye, <laughs> yes. and he said, "Actually, I was walking in." And he said, "Do you have any money?" <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and I said. Actually, I don't have any cash on me, but I have some in my car if you want to go back to my car with me. (laughs) So so we walk back to my car, and then he starts telling me, you know, I just got out of prison, and I don't have any friends, and I'm trying to make friends. And so I gave him my phone number, and I was like, I'll be your friend. (laughs) Okay, everybody's listening. Do not do that. Do not do do that. I uh, I ended up getting some really interesting voicemails. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Do, this is what not to do. Do not do this. <laughs> but do. then, you know, it took me a while. You know, and actually I haven't in the last, oh, probably at least 10 years of my life, I I just... I haven't been focused on that type of work, and so I haven't I haven't been exposed to these different populations and so on. So, uh, and I'm wanting to re-engage, and I'm wanting to get my daughter involved. Well, what you need to do, you need to be involved with a group, mm-hmm. not not alone. Yeah. Okay. Be involved with a group, and uh, most groups have uh, rules and regulations when they engage, when not engaged. Never go by yourself. It's just like camping. You never go camping by yeah. yourself. You never approach a stranger by yourself, never. Do you, it would be really interesting, like, do you offer some kind of training for just like how to engage with people and support them we, in safe and loving ways? We do, well, my foundation, Share the Will, we have two, we have a couple of different types of training. Well, we actually had three or four. We have two for kids, Stranger Danger, and then How to Get Away from a Situation. And then for ladies, we have, it's pretty much Stranger Danger, but we also, uh, have a hand-to-hand uh, session on how ladies can get away if they need to. Mm-hmm. So it's different. Uh, you never want to be physical with somebody, but in today's world, you might have to, and you want to be prepared. You know, because even though you join an organization and you at McDonald's, you might see that same person at McDonald's, they see you by yourself, then they approach you. Mm-hmm. You want to be prepared. Yeah. You know, we talk about love, and love in today's world is, is needed, bad. But you have to be smart at the same time. Okay, so now this is going to say something. It's going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. Love is dangerous. Wow. Love is dangerous. It's very honest. It's the truth. I mean, because you meet a person and you become their friend. Never seen them before. There's a good chance you're going to get your feelings hurt. 
Oh, there's a good chance. Physically, you're going to get hurt. Love is dangerous. It's a lot easier for me to love a stranger than it is for you. And not just because I'm a male. I mean, for my whole life, I've been taught how to defend myself. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier for me. i give you a good example. I went to East Austin, and this was last year. And uh, for you guys out there, my 10-year-old my Jeep, I got the 37-inch tires and 4-inch lift and all the stuff. You know what I'm talking about. And I parked my Jeep, and there's a homeless guy that's getting ready to urinate on my rims. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody is driving a Jeep. Okay, so you can imagine how upset I got. <laughs> but then at the same time, I had to think about he was on drugs. Okay, so what do you do? You call the cops. By the time you call the cops, he's going to be gone. You know, if he urinates on your rim, it's going to ruin your rims. You know, you just paid $2,000 for those rims. Whew. So, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Some shiny rims. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on average Jeep, say you pay thirty, forty $40,000 for a Jeep, you spend another $10,000 fixing that Jeep up. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you definitely don't want nobody to urinate on your, on your Jeep. <laughs> and you can get upset. So... You know, for me, it's a little different uh, because, like I say, my whole life I have been taught how to defend myself. So for me, it was a little different. I could say things that uh, a lot of people don't say. But at the same time, you need to let him know, hey, you know, take your phone out, take his picture. Let him know, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the cops and I'm going to show him this picture. Smart. Yeah, smart. Yeah, I mean, we all have phones. I mean, let me tell you. I walk out of the house, and the first thing I look for is my phone before I look for my keys. Mm -hmm. We all do. So a phone is, is probably one of the most intimidating things that you can have. Yeah, I've uh, been taught that it's the most useful survival tool. Yes. And then, uh, not telling anybody to do this now, so hadn't signed any waiver, so I'm telling you guys not <laughs> to do it. So don't don't get in trouble and say, Will said do this. <laughs> but a phone is, is actually probably one of the best weapons you could ever use. From like videotapes and pictures or? No, it's one of the best weapons you could ever use. How so? Uh, a phone could really hurt somebody. Oh, like hitting them with it? Yes. Uh-huh, like really? a rock? It's pretty much like a rock. But I did not tell anybody in the world <laughs> to hit nobody with the you phone. You didn't hear it here. No, I did not say that. <laughs> but just remember, if you're by yourself, uh, out of all the weapons that you can think of, you're looking around, you're looking for a rock, you're looking for this, you got one in your hand. <laughs> you got one of the best weapons in your hand. How about, I want to talk a little bit about young people today because they're growing up in such a different world. And of course, we have this unfortunate pandemic happen where people really stopped connecting with each other. And, um, and then you add technology and social media and Young people, like teenagers these mm -hmm. days, they don't spend a lot of time talking to each other face-to-face -face and connecting. And I hold the very strong conviction that human connection is a key ingredient to yes. health and happiness. Yes. Um, what, what do we do about that? I'm really worried about it. I'm worried no, about the teenagers today. It, it's an it's a easy solution. We just got to do it. So it starts at home. Okay, parents. 
Okay, you take your kids to the soccer field. You're taking them basketball practice. You spend all this money. You do everything. What about getting involved with a nonprofit? You know, make a deal with your kids. Hey, once a month, we're going to spend four hours with a nonprofit helping somebody. So the way you, you do it is you spend that four hours with your kids. You're not on the phone. They're not on the phone. You know, you're not talking about business. They're not talking about sports. You're actually fixing meals for the homeless. So you, you, you're wrapping toys, but you're spending time together. Then the kids get to see that you're giving back. Mm-hmm. In the same time, you're spending time with your parents. How many of us really take the time to spend time with our kids? Yeah, and maybe they could bring a friend along, too, and, and build those relationships with their peers. Exactly. Actually, there's a group here in town. It's called the Young Servicemen, Young Servicemen League. So every month, they have to spend four hours with their mother. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And they do a commitment, and there's a, the young ladies, it's called Blue Bonnets. So the same, same concept. So I'm fortunate enough that they have partnered up with Share the Will. So all the events that we have, we have 40 events a year. 40, wow. We get busy. All in Round Rock, Austin? All, all Round Rock, Austin, Georgetown. Nice. So we get pretty busy. So the way we do it is we post our events. Uh, you pick what events that you want to do. That way, it's not a job. You volunteer. So if you want to help at Christmas, you want to help at Thanksgiving, you volunteer. One thing we ask, if you volunteer, please show up. You know, you pick two items a year. It's not like you, you're doing it every weekend. So please show up. So now if you don't show up, if it's a emergency, you know, a death in family, something like that, that's, that's a problem. But if it's just because you don't want to get up that morning, don't call back. Hmm. It's just that simple. It's wonderful. Thank you so much for, um, you know, making these opportunities available for people. And it just, it's, it's really all about human love. And it doesn't matter the religion or the race or the gender or the sexuality or whatever, all these things that people think are different. We're all human. Yes. It's just smart love. You know, just be smart about it. That's all. Smart love. I yeah. like it. Um, is there anything else you want to say to people before we go? No, I just want to thank you. Oh, it's such a pleasure. This this was wonderful. Uh, I always appreciate the time that that I can express my opinion. Uh, my opinion don't count for much. I'm really nobody important, <laughs> but I do like to express my opinion because it's things that I've learned in my life. I'm an old guy, so I've had a lot of ups and downs. So these are just some of the things I've learned in my life. Thank you so much for sharing. And for the people who are inspired to hear about your foundation, Share the Will, is there a website? Yes. Uh, probably you will see the most if you go on Facebook, which most people have Facebook. If you go on Facebook and you, you look for uh, Share the Will, uh, it will pop up. It will tell you a lot about us. Uh, are there ways that people can donate money? Yes. If you go to the website, it will tell you, okay, Share the Will, we follow up on the, the Round Rock Community Foundation which is a foundation set up here in Round Rock by the city, uh, with the city. Okay, so it way, the way it works is Share the Will is under the umbrella of the foundation. So all the money actually goes to the foundation, 
and then we request the money from the foundation. That way, nobody's worried. It's all clean money. Yeah. 100% of the money goes to helping others. We're all volunteers. We don't take salaries. We wow. don't take anything. So for the whole year, 1% is given to the Round Rock Community Foundation. Uh, they do our taxes. They do everything. That way, everything is all clean. Nice. So none of the volunteers can touch any money. I can't touch any money. So that way, it's, it's all clear. Perfect. Everybody can see where the money goes. Perfect. Well, I will I will definitely be logging on and uh, sending a donation because I'm really inspired by the work you're doing, and I'm just super grateful. So thank you so much for all of it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Shine Freely podcast. We have new conversations every week that you can find on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also check out my blog and information about executive coaching at shinefreely.com.